Reform. Reforming the parent, transforming the child. Welcome to the Parent Reform Podcast. Our mission is to inspire, encourage, and equip you to raise your children for the glory of God. Dwight L. Moody once said, There are many of us that are willing to do great things for the Lord, but few of us are willing to do little things. In this episode, I want to share some thoughts with you on parenting drawn from two of Jesus' parables. The first, the parable of the steward, which is recorded in Matthew 25 and Luke 19. And the second is the parable of the dishonest manager recorded in Luke 16. Both of these parables offer us lessons on faithfulness and responsibility. First, the parable of the talents, or parable of the stewards, is told in Matthew 25 and Luke 19, tells the story of a man who entrusts a portion of his possessions to selected servants as he travels to a faraway country. And when he returns, he calls them back together to give an account of their stewardship over his possessions. And some were found to be faithful, while one was not. And to the faithful, he said to them, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have done well and been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. But to the unfaithful one, he said, You wicked and lazy servant. Take from him what he has. And now in the parable of the dishonest manager from Luke 16, here we have a tale of a wealthy man's financial manager who was found to be wasting his master's resources. And when he got caught, instead of confessing and offering to make restitution, he instead made deals with his master's debtors to befriend them, to put them in debt to him so that he could escape the repercussions of his actions with his master. The wealthy man does acknowledge his manager's craftiness, but his unfaithfulness is the point. And with both of those parables, we see at least two principles emerge. The first principle, which is kind of a multi-part principle, is that those that are faithful over a little will prove to be faithful over much. And those that are not faithful over a little won't be faithful over much. And last, those not faithful with others' things won't be faithful with their own. And now the second principle says that faithfulness is required and has a reward, and that reward is joy. The more faithful, the more responsibility, and the more joy. There's an obvious application of these teachings for us as believers and followers of Jesus, individually, as husbands, wives, and married couples, and of course, as parents. You've been given much, and you are called to be faithful with that which you've been entrusted. Clearly, faithfulness is required of those who have been entrusted with things of such value. But here, let's focus on applying this to our parenting. Of course, consider the stewardship of your children. Remember, you will be required one day to give an accounting, and there will be rewards for your faithfulness in a challenging assignment, so look forward to receiving that reward. But what about for our children? How can we apply this to them? One thing we've learned is how important the small things are, and that the little things really do mean a lot. By carefully observing our children in all the small and big moments of their lives, We've gained many insights into their character just by making observations. So what's an observation? Does it, does it mean to simply look and take note? Oh yeah, I see my kids are playing over there. Now back to my phone. Hmm, what's this posting on Facebook all about? Now there's a difference between looking and seeing. I can glance at a large tree and confidently know it's a tree, but may collect little to no other information about it. Or I can carefully see that tree. 
I can observe it. Then I may learn its species. I can see its health and possibly know what season it is. I may also be able to see birds and squirrels and other wildlife around the tree. You get the point. I've heard it said about the Sherlock Holmes stories that Dr. Watson looked, but Sherlock saw. And here's a fictional quote of Sherlock Holmes from one of the books. It has long been an axiom of mine that the little things are infinitely the most important. So see your children. Don't merely look at them. Don't simply glance at them. Watch how your children handle little things in the little moments. How faithful are they in those little things? It's an indicator of how they'll do in the big things later on. What is their conduct when the stakes are low? It'll be an indicator of how they'll do when the stakes are higher. Watch how they respond when your spouse interacts with them, gives them instructions or asks questions of them for accountability. Are they attentive and respectful? Do they listen? Do they follow instructions and obey quickly and fully? Or is their attitude verbally or non-verbally communicated? What is their posture? And where are their eyes looking when the other parent is interacting with them? What about how they interact with their siblings? Do you see bullying or do you ever see exploitation of the younger or weaker ones by the stronger and older ones? Or do they nurture and encourage them? Are they patient with their younger siblings? Do the younger ones purposely annoy an older sibling? Or do they possibly overly esteem an older sibling? Watch them interact with those outside of your family, especially with their peers. Are they overly pliable to peer influence? Or do they withdraw and retreat from others? Do they have an attitude of love and service toward others? And how do they do their work, their chores, their schoolwork, their personal projects? Are they diligent, careful, and persistent? How do they handle the inevitable setbacks and frustrations that are always associated with progress and creation? And how do they care for their own personal space, their room, their clothes, their appearance? When you learn to see your children, to really observe them, if you will, you will see things that are positive and encouraging, and you will definitely see the opposite. Things that are troubling, things that will make you worry if you let it. At this point, let's be clear, moving past simply looking and into the deeper seeing, it must be done through the lens of love, through the lens of biblical love. Some parents will find it easier to overlook the good and see only the bad, while others will see only the good and look past anything bad. You've got to see them both and see them honestly and with the good of the child in mind, not merely yours or your preferences. And when there are two parents engaged, this is a bit easier. The two will naturally see different things from a different perspective and from different venues in the child's life. Trust each other's insights. It's tempting to accuse or mistrust the other partner when our emotions get in the way and they're revealing something that is a little uncomfortable to hear or to see. Work to trust and work to be trustworthy with your observations as you share them with the other spouse. So let's talk about the negative first. We'll come back to the positive in a bit to end on a positive note. When we observe our children's sinfulness, it's easy to disbelieve. It's easy to say, did my little cupcake just do what I think she did? No way. Or to excuse it, to think, well, that other kid had it coming. He provoked my angel. Or he's not feeling well. Or it's her time of the month. Or to minimize it. I did worse. Or other kids are worse. Or he doesn't do that very often. Think about those parables. What they do now is an indicator of what they'll do later. Plus, turning a blind eye or winking at the sins of your children 
will cause you to miss an opportunity to train them in faithfulness and righteousness in the little things, to prepare them for greater faithfulness later on in the bigger things. If you only correct your children for the big sins, then you may be inadvertently teaching them that God only cares a little bit about the little sins and will only correct the big sins. Remember, sin is not static. We are either killing it or it is killing us, as Puritan John Owen once famously said. Sin is a big deal to God. As his people, it should be a big deal to us as well. Even though our culture mocks the thought of righteousness, we must not in any way adopt their attitudes about what God hates. He sent his son to die for our sin. It's a big deal. Scripture is filled with examples of God dealing with all kinds of sin across the entire continuum of evilness and destructiveness. Sometimes he dealt with sins in an extreme way to make an example for us. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, we're told that those Old Testament stories were recorded for us to be examples. And so we do well to read them that way, not just as quaint or antiquated stories from long ago, and definitely not as, hmm, that's how the Old Testament God interacted with humanity. Sure glad we now deal only with Jesus, who is filled with grace and forgiveness. Of course, that is how Jesus is, but he's also a righteous judge and will deal with sin with perfect justice. Besides, we're taught that we're adopted sons and daughters, and every child of his that he loves, he chastens. He trains and punishes to teach us obedience and faith that yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness, as Scripture says. God's chastening of his people is a sign of his love, and it's a sign of ownership. And as parents, we do the same thing. Training and chastening our children is a sign of love and ownership. And parents that don't train their children don't show that ownership. And parents don't train other kids. They only train their own. What we teach our children about sin can affect how they think about sin in the future. Either it will be more or less biblical. So let's model it biblically for them, and they'll carry that into adulthood. Now, on to the positive behaviors that we observe. If you're faithfully training your children, trust me, you will see progress. In some areas, it may be slow, but others, it'll be quicker. But faithful parenting does produce results. Observing helps you know the progress, where they're doing well, and where you can praise and encourage them, where they're making progress, showing they're ready for a little more trust and a little more responsibility, followed up, of course, with a little more observation. Observing also will show you how God has made your child. From very young ages, your child's conduct is revealed. Their temperament shows, their personality, the pace of their development, giftings and limitations. Everyone has both in differing degrees and proportions. And when you observe your child, then you get a sense of what their giftings and limitations are. And God willing, by His grace, once your child becomes saved, we know with salvation God gives spiritual gifts for the service of others, especially other believers. These gifts included things like teaching, administration, helps, mercy, evangelism, leadership, and exhortation. We observed some of these giftings even in our young children. We weren't clear at the time, though we saw hints and shadows. But now, in retrospect, it's very clear that they were developing those gifts even at a young age. We also know that as we grow spiritually, others can see evidences of that growth. These are called the fruits of the Spirit. Just like a fruit tree naturally produces fruit, so a genuine Christian also produces spiritual fruits. And these look like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
And as your child grows, look for an increase in spiritual fruit when your child is a believer. Though these are a mysterious work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer, as parents we want to watch for them and encourage and nurture these in our believing children. And in time, we want to be able to encourage their faith with our observations collected over their childhood. Think about faithfulness for a moment. Think about the parable of the stewards. The good stewards obeyed the master. They tended his possession. And for the unfaithful manager, he did not obey his master. Obedience is the root of faithfulness. As parents, teach your children obedience. Observe how they obey and require them to do fully what they are told, when they are told, and to do it with a happy attitude. Obey with quick precision and with joy. Oh, and hypocrisy check here. Be sure we do the same to the authorities in our lives. We want to demonstrate obedience to God and authorities like we expect of our children toward us. We want to teach our children how to obey, and we want to teach them why they should obey. Of course, there is a fear of consequences to disobedience, or there should be, but we want them to know the joy of obedience, because there is a reward in obedience, joy. In the parable of the stewards, the faithful ones were rewarded with joy. It's such an important component. Obedience fosters joy in children and in their parents too. So to wrap up here, we often say a parent is like an archer who prepares and launches his arrows. And it's a lot like farming where the farmer cultivates and tends his crops. And it's like shepherding where the shepherd leads, feeds, protects and tends his sheep. And all these involve effort, engagement, purpose, and focus on a specific outcome. By observing your children and not simply just looking at them, but seeing them, knowing them, thinking specifically of that archer. By shaping and crafting and maximizing the character of the material of the arrow, and by putting on fletching, that's the feathers on the back of them that help the arrow fly straight and with the spin, they do that with skill and with purpose. And then loading them into the bow, preparing for launch, and then beginning to draw that bow back. And when the archer first begins to draw the string back on the bow, it's easy, but then it gets harder and harder as launch time approaches and the bow is brought into full recurve. Taking aim, and then aiming for that arrow, for the specific mission that arrow is to accomplish. Where is the best place to direct that arrow? The good archer knows his arrows, and he knows his mission. The preparation for launching your little arrows begins early. It requires you knowing them, training them, and then sending them where they should go and with a mission. The little things of their childhood can mean a lot for the rest of their lives. Thank you for listening. We hope you found this podcast helpful as you seek to parent your children well for the glory of God. For more information about Parent Reform, please visit our website at parentreform.com. There you'll find more parenting resources. You can also sign up for our newsletter and Q&A emails. 